Welcome to Not the Only Kids in All Podcast, podcast where we take a look at Kids in All episodes, each one of them, and we talk about all the sketches and what we liked and didn't like. And sometimes I'll say what I think the game of the scene was, and Jared will say, "No, actually, you don't really know what the game of the scene is." That's, That's right. That's the, become a fun little routine for us. It's fun that we're turning on each other instead of just like <laughs> directing our anger towards the show. <laughs> I may will well, move us along because like that's what she always does. <laughs> yeah. uh, my name's Nick, and that you just heard is Jared, and the, that that you heard before that was May. Yeah, and that's the three of us. That's us. And there's no guests today; it's just the three of us. I know. So if you only turn in to hear one of our amazing guests, sucks to be you right now. I gotta <laughs> say, because you're just gonna get the original three chatting that's amongst right. each other. Mm-hmm. How many? Well, I haven't heard someone say. Sucks to be you in a while. That's yeah, I'm a, trying to bring back stuff from the old 90s. School, keep it at 90s in honor of the, yeah. con, of the pod, right? Although that would be even probably too modern for kids in the hall, right? Sucks to be you. That was probably what, late 90s? Yeah, there's. Like, yeah. I, was there like an era for catchphrases or is this just a thing that's extended across all of human history, you know? Or as long as we oh. have media. Because the 90s did feel very catchphrase heavy. I wonder if that was the influence of SNL and them creating these characters that they could then, like, turn into a franchise. I mean, there were definitely catchphrases before that. You know, I mean, even back in the Honeymooners, you had the, to the moon, Alice. Right. About, I guess fewer, fewer catchphrases are domestic violence oriented now. <laughs> <laughs> Still insulting, though, a lot of the time. I don't think catchphrases were a big deal in the 90s at all. Not Really? Oh, you got me, you got me. Boom! <laughs> Nailed you with Did a he do that? 90s catchphrase. Oh, yeah. nicely done, Nick. <laughs> um, got any cheese also is another one. Got any cheese. Yeah, he had a lot of catchphrases, I think. He Steve did. Rickle. And then there was Stefan Urkel, and that's a whole other can That's of a whole other thing, a whole other can of worms. You know, he has a weed company now. Called Good for and he who? sells purple Urkel. Urkel, Urkel, or Jaleel? <laughs> Jaleel, the real man, right? The real man. <laughs> I don't think that the fake character is like somehow I don't know if there's some fan and... fiction situation. I don't know. Yeah, I'm writing actually a fan fiction in which <laughs> That's Steve a sequel Urkel to your becomes book. a weed mogul. <laughs> a severe and departure you... for you. <laughs> and you brought it up as though as though it was a real thing, though. That was... <laughs> it is a real thing. It, well, it is, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, no, I mean, but you just, uh, yeah, it's a, your fan fiction, but you introduced the concept as. Oh, right, sure. He, he has. Well, I think a fan yeah. fiction is like, you know, trying to make your desires real. You know, no, you want to manifest it like the secret. Mm-hmm. The um, secret. Well, did we banter enough? I, I think, think so. Yeah. I'm going to look that up later. This is, this is productive banter. I'm going to look That's up what that I want. I want productive what? banter. Where, <laughs> where is it, Amay? Do you know? That Where's way? what? Jaleel White's company. company. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I Where it is in, it? I believe it is in LA. Yes. Okay, good, good, good. Are you going to go Google there? I'm sure you own. can order it wherever, right? Yeah, probably. Why not? It's probably the easiest way to uh, get drugs is probably uh, like FedExing it from the other side of the country from Jaleel White. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want. I want easy drugs. Okay, let's move Alrighty. on. Let's do this. Hey, thing. I I wanted to do a, a little quiz. Ooh. What? 
But I didn't prepare anything. Okay. <laughs> so maybe at the end we can quiz each other on what happened during this episode. <laughs> my, my idea was I was going to play you a clip of one of the kids in the hall, and you would have to tell me which one you thought it was. Well, you're sharing your screen with us, so we'd be able to see who it was. Yeah, I mean, you want to just do that, Nick? Or, or I mean, it's you could edit out the filler of you pulling up a clip, right? Or you don't want it. You, this is too much. Here, I got one. Okay. And you guys can't see this. That's right. Only audio for us. It's like we're the listener. This place is a morgue. Let's get something happening. Who I was I think it? that's Bruce McCullough. No, I Jared, think it's McKinney. It's Bruce McCullough. Hell wow. yeah. <laughs> the sketch Bruce as CEO. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's enough of a quiz. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't really a quiz. It so was the quiz like is just our, recognizing our capacity their voice. to recognize sound. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I didn't have to study really. Anyway. That seems like more uh, like you're testing if our brains are working properly. And I guess mine isn't. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was a quiz in a May passed and Jared failed. Right. Right. Uh, well, well, I'm okay right. with those results. <laughs> so this, um, I gotta say, this the first couple of sketches really made me laugh, and especially this beginning one, "The Signs of a Lonely Place." So is Nick gonna hit us up with the same songs to introduce us into oh, the world sorry, of where sorry. we are? Or? No, no, it's okay. Well, we did the well, quiz instead, you know. <laughs> oh, was that replacing it? <laughs> no. Well, I guess so because I mean, I'll play it, but it's just the same song we keep hearing is week it after really week again. How am I supposed to be to live without you by Michael Bolton? Uh-huh, right. Number one we in talk, America. We, Ryan had things to say about him. And then is number, number one in Canada, Collins? Another Day in Paradise by Phil Collins. Jesus Christ. Wow, people are really going through something in this era of time. Like, <laughs> like why are these two songs representing how people feel so deeply? Emotional yeah, January 30th, 1990. Wow. Mm. Uh, and Driving Miss Daisy is still number one in the box office. So nothing new this week as far as okay. that. So we're, all, we're actually already... The scene has already been set for us. I, okay. feel like. I love it. We're still in 1990. So, Amanda, yeah, you like uh, the first few sketches in this one, huh? Yeah, I found myself laughing out loud, which I actually haven't been doing a lot throughout this process. But <laughs> so the opening, the cold open, it's like about a lonely town. Yeah, and, let's, let's listen to okay. a little bit. This has always been a lonely city. I know it. These are the signs of loneliness. One man drinking contests. <laughs> Hookers working for free. It's like four quick jokes, I guess, right? That's yeah. Basically it. I think that's the thing. It's actual jokes, you know? It's like, this is yeah. a lonely city. <laughs> Here are some things that you can tell you why it's lonely. And I think the funniest one for me was babies eating alone. So I'm glad that was of course. The oh, yeah. Well, that was clearly. I mean, it was almost felt like a set. Like, I know these are jokes in the beginning, but they almost felt like a setup to me just to get to babies eating alone. I mean, yeah, I didn't play that one because uh, you have to see the baby, right? Yeah, yeah I think, I think the baby visual is very important. And it's actually the beginning of a trend in this episode of a few, um, you know, actors who aren't the kids in the hall, I feel like really making an impact for the first time so far in this series. If, if, if Would you not. consider this baby to be acting or this to is, just be... This baby got the biggest, one of the biggest laughs for me in the episode. I mean, look at that baby. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> this baby's talented. 
<laughs> I want to know whose baby this is. A baby eating alone. I just think that's that's such a funny idea, such a funny visual. Now, is that And baby... it's drinking a beer, too. That's right. <laughs> drinking a beer. Well, and is it in a... Know. Yes, it's in a, a, a high chair that's... That's attached to the table. That's so. I'm, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. Mm. Um, <laughs> You're not a dad maybe it's yet. a Canadian Canadian high chair. Canadian high chair, right? And uh, yeah, I just think that's hilarious. Um, it almost looks like it's eating a turkey dinner. <laughs> well, it's got like a jar of jam and a candle. <laughs> mm-hmm. Trust us. I know. Listeners. Are we bringing this to funny. life for listeners? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, a baby but I did feel like great this. This must have been what they what they wrote the sketch for, just the idea of a baby eating alone, right? And then mm-hmm. they like went backwards. How do we how do we make that something that we can put on TV? Yeah, there was another the there was the sketch. another sketch in here that we'll get to where I you know you you get to the punchline, you're like, oh, they clearly came up with the punchline first, and everything else <laughs> is just to get to that. But don't worry, well, it's a little let's tease from to... me to you. Yeah, little tease. <laughs> tell us tell us when we get there. Jack. I think oh. I know which one it is that you mean, and okay. I'm excited to see if I'm right. Wonderful. Okay. Huh. okay. Well, let's. So the second sketch is called Networking. Yeah. Features Gerald and Gerald once again. And they're, Gerald is teaching the other Gerald how to network. And let's listen to a little bit. Look out here, Gerald. There's a sea of businessmen. The ripples and eddies you catch with your eye, those are the important guys. The name of the game is Networking. Businessmen meeting other businessmen for the purpose of meeting again at a later date. Do you understand? <laughs> networking. Yeah. Now, but you got to be cool. See that guy? He's trying way too hard. And yeah, it's a guy giving another guy a piggyback ride. Yeah, who do you <laughs> think is trying hard? hard? I think it's the one who's like piggybacking. All the clips yeah, on the our guy, podcast the one who jumps. are He's not really dependent. giving him a piggyback ride. He's right, kind of right. just like getting jumped on. Um, yeah. yeah, they have so many of these businessman sketches just making fun of businessmen. And I yes. find this one a lot funnier than a lot of them, maybe because it's more specifically making fun of networking which is kind of like this grotesque uh, thing so many of us are forced to do in various industries. And right. his, like, his definition of it for the purpose of meeting again at a later date is so funny and true. So it yeah. worked a lot better for me than a lot of the businessmen sketches do. And I like wrote down a lot of like <laughs> funny lines like he meets Scott Thompson, another businessman, and, and he's like, he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm new here. And he's like, yeah, that's a great way of Started just starting out as a great way to break in. <laughs> then yeah. he was like, "Listen, oh, I love I'm that." Show. Stand a few feet yeah. away. That was good stuff. Yeah, it's all just kind of speaking in uh, in nonsense, like speaking in tautologies, right. empty versus, like business platitudes. Yeah, yeah, but a lot of them uh, were so specific in a different way for me, where it's like they're talking in these platitudes, but you know, it kind of reminds me of um, those John Purcell sketches business work a little mm-hmm. bit yeah yeah oh yeah um and i love i like those sketches they're really fun to watch and all the people in them are great but they're they are kind of more like dadaist you know i yes. think this sketch is like trying to hone in on something more specific about meeting people and like the inane shit you say to somebody you're just meeting who you only want for kind of um predatory reasons i guess and they're, they're, yeah, I agree. But, and then there also is like kind of this underlying thing in all these kids and all business sketches where it's, uh, they're just, they just kind of have a kid's view of what a businessman is. Like they're writing it from a perspective of, I don't really know what they're doing in, in those suits and those offices and right. just kind of, kind of like 
like as though like you're watching a na- nature documentary and just kind of imagining what the animals there are saying and thinking just like kind of filling it <laughs> filling in the blanks <laughs> i also think they're they're into, i mean maybe you think maybe these aren't mutually exclusive but they're intentionally calling out you know how vapid and how you know empty this whole like idea of being a businessman is and a nine to fiver and that whole thing and you can sense the whole contempt that they the seething contempt that they have for a nine to five you know life basically i think it's also like now that i see more of these businessman sketches you know you see one and they do so many one-off goofy things you know sometimes it's hard to appreciate but seeing all these businessman sketches as a whole this has to be maybe one of like you know the fourth or fifth where they're like calling each other businessmen and there's this clear theme of that it just makes them all better to me in retrospect. Like the more I, like, I feel like the whole is better than the sum of its parts when it comes to the businessman sketches. The more I see them all and see kind of, I don't know, the whole team's, I guess, thesis on businessmen. And each more sketch, each sketch that I see with them makes me laugh even harder because I'm already kind of instantly on board. And I feel like it's consistent. You know, they don't, they don't, they're not just kind of shooting from the hip with these. I feel like they're all saying they're hitting the same thing every single time in a way in a good way yeah but yeah but it's not it isn't like just it isn't like a an snl sketch where it's just the same joke basically the same sketch but just like changing the specifics right because it's not a single character or anything there's not some you know it's it's just although these two are the same supposed to be the same characters we saw in that (laughs) divorce sketch or not divorce uh was it a divorce sketch where the two of them are? No, it's the first date sketch where these two lawyers are arguing about what to do with their clients, how maybe, far their clients should get on their first date. Maybe this is another um, thing where Gerald. I got to see more episodes, but they all they and maybe I'm just being cynical, but they often try to pull this shit of like, yeah, these are actually the two characters who were in the background of the gym sketch. Remember, uh, <laughs> I don't, I don't really buy or care about any of that i mean unless there's something really happening which i don't i never really get the sense while i'm watching i kind of think that's insignificant but do you guys agree or disagree or yeah i don't really notice most of the time i think usually when they're characters that are recurring they're like that angry couple or something like something very memorable if it's like an snl like like vic was saying like if the game is recurring and the whole sketch is recurring sure but they often are like picking out background characters and saying he's from this yeah i I guess yeah they're really just like two businessmen so they gave them names i guess let me let's uh, watch a little bit more real quick so jerry um do you like professional sports (laughs) by god i do yes Well, I cheer for all the local teams. Yeah. Really? They're not as good as they used to be. Oh, I hear. No, nothing's as good as it used to be. <laughs> Except money. Money! <laughs> I do like how Mark McKinney's, like, celebrating this guy's, uh, you know, his fellow lawyers. Successes. Yeah, it's Successes. fun that he's, right, <laughs> exactly, desperately trying to tell him to do the right thing, pick him up, be his, like, wingman, I guess. Mm-hmm. Very funny. They're nice to each other. No. They're nice to each other. <laughs> That's nice. So they they never really be... fail at any point in this sketch, right? Like, he never says the wrong thing, does he? No, I don't think so. No. Yeah, I think that's, I feel like He's that hot. would be my instinct as a not as good sketch writer as them. But I'm glad they kind of every move was like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> it did give this, it gave it a fun <laughs> momentum the whole time. Uh, so then the next sketch uh, was this Lopez runner. We see it, four of them. And it's mm-hmm. uh, Mark McKinney standing outside of a house just trying to get, 
I guess his coworker Lopez to come out of the uh, to come out of the house. Your confusion yeah. is fitting here, Nick. I mean, I don't. <laughs> I didn't know what was going on for the first few of them. Well, right. let's watch a little bit from the third one. You're a lazy man, Lopez. Uh-huh. <laughs> Lopez is a lazy man. If anyone can sleep through the day and misses work, that lazy Lopez man can. <laughs> Lopez. He just keeps saying Lopez some more. Um, I did like the final one where he throws, this, I don't know, actually, was it a lamp? I don't know. But he sets the house on fire. I was, yeah, he throws I mean, a I think, rock through the window and hits, I guess, a lantern? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But Lopez left on because he was at work. Lopez. It turns out Lopez was at work all day. Well, we don't really know he was at work. We just know he wasn't in the house. Well, he comes home carrying a, a lunch pail. I see. Okay, we're putting <laughs> yeah. the clues together. <laughs> and what? And then, I did like so the McKinney's end, character but... is just deranged and doesn't know when work is, or what? How does? My, so I'm like doing some work for the sketch, but my my interpretation was that Mark McKinney came over to Lopez's house to pick him up on the way to work, and they were going to go into work together. But Lopez has, had already left before McKinney got there, and he didn't realize that. So he just spent the whole day standing outside of Lopez's house calling his name and then set his house on fire at night accidentally and then Lopez came home from work to find his house on fire <laughs> and are you appreciating this in real time or are you just <laughs> attempting I mean to make I basically assumed the exact same thing I mean it, Jared, if you need clarification, Please. the weird person in this is Mark McKinney. What? <laughs> he's, be, he's being weird because instead of being like, oh, Lopez isn't home I or Lopez I should get to work. Lopez was the weird one. No, Lopez is not the weird character. Lopez. He's, <laughs> Lopez is uh, the voice of reason. I assumed he was sketch. at work doing a bunch of crazy things like in business work. <laughs> so you, you didn't like, know why, he was at work. Why aren't we following okay, Lopez? Fine, I was lying. I knew he was at work. <laughs> No, I don't know. I just maybe I'm uh I don't know. I, I for the first few parts of this runner I was kinda just not like terribly confused or wanting to know what was happening, but I guess I just didn't find it funny. And I guess once I knew what was happening by the third runner where he states, you know, something he's late for work, Lopez in that song he does, which I think is probably the funniest part, that little leg tapping song that he does. I don't know, I just didn't feel like there was a lot there. But I think a lot of the characters here that exhibit bizarre behavior, they're like, usually the behavior is based around something real, which I realize I'm just describing sketch comedy. But I think in some cases it's funnier. <laughs> so you have a premise. <laughs> uh, well, well, like I'm thinking of the next sketch, actually, where like, right. I don't want to get ahead, but maybe I'll come back to it. But like, so the real behavior in this is like going to get somebody to go to work with them and like being... Like, where the fuck are they? Why aren't they out already? Like, it's always this annoying moment, whether it's short or long, where you're yeah. waiting for someone to come out and meet you to go somewhere. But it's just, like, not that rewarding, I think, to watch him continue to stand there because the behavior doesn't really escalate until the very, very end when he sets fire to the house. So I think that's part of why it's not that hilarious. Like, it just doesn't <laughs> go anywhere, I think, for quite a while. And then when he actually smashed the window, I, I did laugh because... It was like, finally, something's happening here that 
is more extreme than just staying standing outside someone's house all night you know yeah, yeah. i would say like the first three beats were funny to me were kind of funny to me. They, they didn't totally work for me but they i think what they were going for was something like that you would see uh i think dave letterman did a lot or like that rake joke in the simpsons where sideshow bob keeps oh, stepping on the rake just like repetitiveness as funny it, it just you know just being repetitive saying the same thing right. over and over again until it starts being funny but he's like working with nothing to uh, he's not working off of anything like i think the repetitiveness doesn't work because you're just hearing the word lopez over and over again and there's no nobody responding to him like there's yeah. just not enough of an escalation in my opinion until the very end so i agree like yeah. i wonder if you know because when he first says lopez there's nothing from the audience then he says it again there's a little more and then he says it again and there's a little more but there's at that point still no indication <laughs> That he's going to work or about to go from Lopez to work. I mean, you have to make a lot of assumptions what it's about. I agree with Amay that there needs to be some sort of, like we talk about kids in the hall doing a good job at not kind of, you know, conforming to UCB's rules about game and heightening and all that. But with a runner particularly, I feel like w- there has to be <laughs> some sense well, of like new things are happening. And I, that I was know. That was going to be what I was going to ask you guys i think this would have worked better if they just cut it all together as one thing wasn't was like one piece as one like little short rather than spacing it out and being like what the hell is going on throughout the whole episode because yeah the reveal isn't doesn't isn't good and big enough for me i don't i'm not sure how i feel about this next sketch but i'm curious to see how you guys feel okay well this next one is called fat fat hitchhiker and let's watch a little bit of it Thanks a lot. Well, jump on in, fatso. So, where are you headed, lumpy? Where's a great fat thing like you off to? Well, I'm going to Kitchener, but you could drop me off anywhere that's convenient. So, what's a big lump of lard doing in Kitchener, huh? I mean, what's a town like that have to offer a wide-ass, two-ton hunk of humanity like yourself? Because, you know, it's a small town. You're sure you'll fit. That's what I'm worried about. Will you fit? So I gotta ask, why Kitchener, huh? You walking, talking, sebaceous gland? I don't know. I mean, I I did find this funny just because I think David Foley's performance is as like this like kind of disinterested bully. Right. I think is pretty funny. And the the dialogue, it's it is just bullying Kevin McDonald, but it's I don't know, it's well written, funny, dumb jokes. I couldn't tell if it was like a send up about like how people are about fatness or just actual fat phobia. Cause I was just like, about to ask that. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I feel like this is just like weirdly because then he reveals that he was fat. I mean, Kevin McDonald's like a very thin <laughs> man. So at first you think like, oh, this is some absurd criticism of this really thin man. Like, why would he be saying this to him and then he like is <laughs> i don't know it's like once you're fat you will always be perceived as fat by people and you should be ashamed and sad about that <laughs> like, right. i'm like what is the point of this? i couldn't really tell what they were saying but in the beginning it just seems like somebody who is kind of like an asshole to fat to fat people the way people are really in real life and i couldn't tell who he was i don't know yeah i mean Maybe. It, i think it's rooted in like Kevin McDonald, he he uh, he calls himself fat. Like he used to be overweight. I can read a little bit from this book because they talk about it a little bit in the book. This particular sketch. Um, he's talking about living when he when they lived in New York when they were writing the pilot. Lauren Michaels made them all move to New York City, and he's saying, 
I'd passed all these five-foot mirrors in the apartment just watching how big I was, says McDonald, and Scott, Scott always had his skinny gay friends over, so I was pretty self-conscious. Kind of weird. <laughs> Dave and I used to meet at a donut shop, by the way, it comes in play later, by the subway before we went up to work. Typically, Dave would get a coffee while I ordered my standard breakfast of a chocolate cake donut and a carton of chocolate milk. One morning, Dave was in a bad mood or something, and he blurted out, You're killing yourself, Kevin. You're going to die from being fat. While Foley's outburst would later inspire the sketch, Fat Hitchhiker, its effect on McDonald that day was life-changing. Staring down the suddenly very real prospect of a television career, he made the decision to do something about his weight. At that very moment, I decided to give up the donuts and went on a diet. I didn't want to be fat Kevin on the TV series. So it's clearly something that what? Oh my bothered God. him a lot. Jesus Christ. I was like not been- expecting that. <laughs> Yeah, that was dark in all the wrong ways. See, I was thinking, um, again, maybe I was doing too much heavy lifting for the sketch on this one. To me, it's so absurd because McDonald is almost like very thin to me. And then he and then he Foley comes in so hot with this this like machine gun, you know, style of, of fat jokes that are almost so, you know, rapid and so ludicrous and so over the top. That I thought the whole thing was basically a commentary on how dumb, like the fat, like a fat joke is, I guess. But maybe See, I, I, this happens a I lot think with it me. Was... You get to the hall sometimes. I was just like, is it ironic? Is it not ironic? I don't know. I think it. I think but it was about. Not. I think. Well, I don't know about ironic. I think it was about to, the way I interpreted it was it was about Kevin McDonald's um, how, how he still feels like his a anxiety fat guy, surrounding guess, you know? weight gain. Yeah. Right. right. But that's weird well, to me. I feel like you need <laughs> that to know a lot of background. Right. <laughs> Even that story, though, it's like, I don't think... <laughs> like, I think if you say to uh, like a fat person, like, you're killing yourself. Like, that is not appropriate or even necessary. Like, true. Like, it's just kind of a nasty thing to say to somebody. No, and, and, and Kevin McDonald got so skinny. Like, exactly. That's, like, people, that's people, why I thought now. it was Who a fake... Knows? sketch basically I, I thought that the whole point was that he's so skinny <laughs> they talk about in the book about how pete they were they were all worried about how skinny he was getting and oh my god wow <laughs> so basically they fully gave him like an eating disorder yeah this is like this sketch like is like a, sketch a reflection of his biggest fears and like his eating disorder basically like rawly put on display i i'm not yeah, disturbed by I, the sketch yeah <laughs> the sketch is taken on a dimension i didn't expect but well but, you know, I bet they still wouldn't think about it that way based on the way that that story is told in the biography. Right. What do you mean? You, how, how would you interpret it? Or how do you, how do you think they would, they would look well, at it? Well, the way that story is told in the biography, it sounds like Kevin McDonald is grateful that Dave Foley said that nasty thing to him, you know, and oh, said it right. saved yeah. his life. But <laughs> I think, like, the way we talk about weight and diet and health has changed drastically over the years especially like since 1990 the 90s were a very bleak time for being overweight um but i don't know i don't know if kevin mcdonald now not that he's obligated to but i think like saying that everyone got freaked out about how skinny he's getting it's like okay maybe upon reflection that wasn't a great thing to have happen to him you know and if it was a sketch about being anxious about his weight like that maybe could have worked but yeah. you get the feeling that most of the people in the group enjoyed the fat jokes <laughs> on the surface, like <laughs> for what they were. And so I don't know. 
I, I did like this joke where he says uh, something about his personality at the end, right? I hate your weight and what it says about your personality. Yes. Yeah, is that a joke? <laughs> I, was like, like, I think that's in a way that almost made me, that was what made me question it, that it was ironic. Maybe ironic is yes. not the right word. It made me question it because it is so ridiculous to like judge a person based on their exactly. looks in any capacity, but it's such a common behavior that I thought they were making fun of this guy for doing it. But then it doesn't really seem like that's the case. <laughs> I know. And then it makes me think like, wait a minute, do they actually think that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> People's personality? Yeah, now I don't, I don't know, know what to think. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely interpreted it as uh, a reflection of Kevin McDonald's insecurities about his weight, uh, and that that's a projection of how he feels people uh, think of him. Sure, sure. But right. I could be. I mean, I, I I don't know. I'd like to hear. I'd like to hear him talk about it. I wish. I wish they did commentaries for all the, the, the sketches in season one, but they only have do commentaries for like a handful of them. They could put it on our pod behind episodes and then sell that. That could we could be the commentary, like we a guest commentary. commentary. <laughs> That's not a terrible idea. Yeah, just saying. Okay, we just so make them. this show a live watch of the show. Anyway, yeah. Like, yeah, let's move on to the next sketch, uh, which is no regrets. Right? Am I right about that? Yes. Uh, I don't know play. these sketches by. I the think it was Donut Losers. Oh. Yeah, it's that's called No Regrets. For, <laughs> yeah, let's listen to that. And by the way, remember, Kevin McDonald used to get the chocolate cake donut and a carton yeah, of chocolate Yeah, I thought this morning. was a weird sketch following that one. But anyway, yeah. let's listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Look at you, you human crap holders. Your wrinkled faces, wolfing down wrinkled crullers. Sitting there, waiting for the donuts to turn day old. You're losers! Losers! Go home. Go home to your hot place and your dying cats. You're all hamsters on a treadmill, running, using oxygen, giving back nothing. If I were you, I would... Hey, hey, You better stop before you say something you regret. Okay, yeah, you're right. (laughs) So, yeah. It's just a blackout sketch. So, I mean, I think, <laughs> if you guys like are keeping track following... at home, it, I, te- I put out a little tease. This is the sketch. This is the one. It's the one where they had a punchline, and I thought the punchline was sort of funny, but then I thought the setup to it was, <laughs> I don't I know, knew very it, involved this is the one strange. you were talking about, Jared. I you knew did? it. Yes. Okay, good. Well, to me, this because is only funniest, a punchline. Yeah, exactly. The funniest thing. Though I do think the specifics of his insults are kind of funny at certain points. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And I do love yeah, the it's... idea of coming up with that and, and, you know, because it's true. Like, you better stop before you say something you regret. <laughs> the response to that is never, yeah, yeah, you're right. Thanks for telling me. Like, I think that's a very funny observation. Very and strange also, that they he... decided to surround it in this donut shop and the guy calling him lazy crap holders with hot plates. I mean, I you know, it's funny, but I don't know if it was... I don't know. I, maybe it would have cut half of the setup. Oh, but to me, the funny... the Like, the part of what makes it funny is that he does say so much terrible stuff that he yeah. Yeah. should have yeah. regretted already. I feel like that's the You're joke. Right. Is that yeah. like, because usually it's like someone, if someone has ever said that to you, which I don't know if people really do say that outside of TV or movies, but 
usually it's like when tempers are high and you're like, oh my God, you're so, and like someone would cut you off, you know? You're not already like monologuing about what pieces of shit everyone is for like a minute and a half. <laughs> That's true. I guess that is also right. That's part of the joke too, is that he already said everything that he would theoretically regret. Well, what would be the joke, Jared, if he hadn't? Well, I guess the joke to me a little bit was, you know, even if he was about to say something else or if there was something that was left unsaid, if he stops and just you don't hear what he has to say, to me, that's also funny. But maybe... Uh, like actually maybe listening to the advice of stopping before you say something you'll regret. Right. Mm. Right. Exactly. Yeah. To me, that part of it is is what rank funny as opposed to, oh, he already said anything he could have possibly regretted already. <laughs> That I, I, I now I'm hearing you guys say that that's almost definitely what they were going for. But uh, <laughs> as far as what I got, um, it was it was just how funny that that would be that somebody would just stop, you know, and not say what they were about to say because they were usually if someone's in a fit of rage or passion, <laughs> saying some crazy shit, they're not going to say like, oh yeah, I might regret this and pause and stop. Well, I think people do some, I don't know. Maybe this is like more of a how do you manage conflict question than a sketch comedy question. (laughs) But I do think people make an effort to cool it if somebody's uh, like, hey, cool it. Yeah, that's true. I do love this wig on uh, Foley. Yeah, Um, Dave Foley's goth wig and his his whole goth demeanor here in the background. I think he's also like, it looks like he's got makeup on too, right? Like a goth makeup? I think like a cure thing. Yeah, like his eyes like has some yeah black like makeup around it yeah and i think pale like pale white makeup as well but maybe that is just his skin that might just be his skin yeah um, there's fat old mcdonald <laughs> look at how yeah, overweight like this one is. coming on the heels of the other one it's like too many like fat things brought up at once it's like i don't know i don't yeah. know if i'd have noticed the the like in this particular one, if you would have sketch. noticed that it was, yeah. Yeah. But I do think the specifics Eat. of, like, go home to your hot plates and dying cats made me laugh a lot. <laughs> yeah, and I think he was, I don't think he was making fun of them for being fat in the beginning, right? More just, like, being uh, just people who spend their day going to work or, you know, just living. Yeah, but he, like, talks about them being, like, they're in a donut shop. He just yeah. ordered donuts. <laughs> They're like judging. He's judging them based on like with their intake. I don't know. I think it, it did is. make me laugh the way he was ordering donuts. The the one one maple, you know, one glaze, and at one point he says, "Did I say maple?" I guess <laughs> I let's goes, listen to that because that was funny. <laughs> McKinney's under like playing on it. It's very funny. I'll have a chocolate glazed donut. I'll have a maple donut. I'll have a coconut donut. Oh, I'll have a plain donut. Have I said maple yet? Yeah. Better make that two maples. So he just basically watched the whole sketch in two different parts. That's but. right. The, the end and then the beginning. The best way to watch That's a sketch. That's how we like it. Uh, but, uh, very yeah. funny. Okay, next sketch is called The Lamp. Which oh boy, odd name for this sketch. I feel like, cause well, let's. I guess I'll say the prem the the, the sketch is like two parts. It's one Kevin McDonald just describing how his friend was killed by a lamp, just 
I guess it's like a funny death in some ways. Yeah, once the sketch got going, my thought was, why did we need the lamp part? <laughs> yeah, and then and then uh, it becomes this phone call where he has to tell uh, this his friend's son that he died, and that's kind of where it gets Which I to be was pretty, kind of funny. Pretty so let's funny. Listen to did you guys a little bit of that? Let's listen to a little bit first. Oh, okay. you're never going to see your daddy again. I can't believe he's gone. I can't. What? Yeah, Donnie, I guess you're right. Death is a stark inevitability of life. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe it. Huh? Yeah, I, I guess your father would want us to put a happy face on and go on with our lives. It, it just it... good point, Donnie. Good. Really, Sartre said that. I always thought it was Plato. Yeah, so it just becomes about this precocious kid on the end of the phone that uh, is much, has it has it together much more than Kevin Kevin's character does. Yeah, and the first half had this yeah. whole part about a lamp where he there was a three-fingered salesman <laughs> who dropped the lamp, I guess, on his hand. There, there was this long kind of so convoluted like a, story. It was like a 200-pound lamp, a seven-foot-tall 200-pound lamp, I think. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I don't know. I mean, I guess I should be more open to these kind of just sketches where it splits off and goes in a different direction, but... Uh, yeah, I just felt like uh, once we got into the precocious kid on the other end of the phone, I was just, I kind of was hoping that they just started on the phone. It could have been maybe a stronger piece, I thought. But Yeah, I mean, I just, I, I, did, I, I just thought, I, don't, I wouldn't have minded if it switched if the first part were were funnier. I just thought there wasn't, the, the whole lamp story just wasn't, didn't work. I felt like they me. were trying to build up the idea of like having to like confess that this person had died to their family and what a painful conversation that was but it really wasn't necessary for, to have the weird lamp in that so yeah it does feel like two different ideas kind of <laughs> smushed together and the second idea was funnier for me too I was just like I especially like that he like got the kid on the phone and then was like tell your mom <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it, McDonald's reactions are always very funny. Like he flips on a dime from the calm reaction to the. <laughs> I don't know if you are you guys sick of that of of his uh, his uh, crying voice or his his uh, what's the word? I'm his just like, frantic kind of yeah. shrieking. Yeah, I mean, I I I am. It's hard to say. I, I think I am when it's not funny, and you know, when it is in the midst of something funny, I, I don't mind it. I, I but. Uh, yeah, it could get on your nerves if it's <laughs> if it's happening a lot and it's a sketch that's being run to the ground. I have to admit, I like it. I think it is in line with my own style of performance at times, so I kind of don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> Just loud, kind of pandering noises to try to get someone's attention. Yeah, that's how I relate that to people kind of in real up. life, too. Unrelated to comedy, that is the way that I behave. <laughs> uh, yeah, this, and this is um, this kind of phone one into the phone conversation thing. That's like a Bob Newhart thing, right? Like Bob Newhart kind of sure. was the first one to do that, kind of perfected it. I don't know if you guys... No, that's Bob true. No, it. absolutely, Nick. I mean, uh, God, I, I I should probably watch more of those routines. There's something about old, old stand-up that I always kind of like makes me laugh. There's always this like weird, elevated <laughs> vibe to it, and it feels like they're almost doing a short play, like some of those Newhart things, and... Uh, oh yeah, I mean, well, like I, most of Newhart's things were like this. They were basically just sketches where you was, right. you only heard one end of the conversation. And there was always yeah. a setup. Like, imagine yourself. 
you know, right. out on uh, out on the town. You're in a park, and someone happens to walk by, and it's just like, man, this is how comedy used to be. It always, it always kind of freaks me out listening to those, but. Uh, they're, They're very formal, but I do think you sense the effort of actually trying to write jokes. I think a lot of comedy now is just like people branding themselves as a funny person and then <laughs> oh, definitely. Uh, t- saying something totally normal in a right. voice that intonates it's a joke, but there's no punchline <laughs> or setup. Like that happens a lot. I remember I was at a stand up show and some woman came on and she was like, So I got my period. And I had to get a tampon, but it was organic. And I'm like, is that a joke? Or are you just saying it in a weird voice? <laughs> and it's, it just um, becomes more and more common. No, it is. Yeah. It's, yeah, three comedians here who hate comedy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think of myself as a comedian. I'm just an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm an asshole first. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, speaking of, I'm not sure if that's a joke. This last sketch, Indian Woman, I yeah. wasn't sure if there were jokes in there, if we were just... Yeah, I don't know what was yeah, going they, on with that, but they, it's... They seem to love this kind of piece where they just become a different nationality or race, and that's Gender. just hilarious. I mean, Scott, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the the premise is Scott just says, I'm, I'm decided to become an Indian woman. Well, let's listen yeah. to a little bit at t- towards the end of the of the sketch real quick. Becoming an Indian woman seemed the obvious solution. You're not listening to me. I can't hear you. I'm deaf. Oh. And I can't hear you because I'm dead. Killed your dad. Killed him dead. That's right. Dead. Dead, you're not dead. I am too. I no. might look okay now, but once the shock wears off, I'm a dead man. You're not dead. I am. Yeah. Uh, oh. Uh, I'm dead. Well, there's no pulse, and since your dad's not a yogi... I assume that means he's dead. I thought that was the funniest part of the sketch, just their reaction to it. And uh, I mean, I think Scott's it goes without saying, but we'll say it explicitly, like this sketch is offensive on so many levels. <laughs> but uh, yeah. I'm also honestly shocked that no one appeared in brown face throughout. Like, I, <laughs> I mean, when that when the woman who plays Lakshmi came to the door i was like expecting it to be mark mckinney or something yeah that's true when when that woman first came to the door i you know perhaps foolishly was like wow oh my god this is cool like i wonder like they they found this woman to play this role i wonder what this is and then of course (laughs) It's like I should have known it was for a terrible, terrible you reason. Imagine. Exactly, it was exactly. So horrible. <laughs> um, do, you, do you do you think? Do you guys think there was uh, that they were trying to say something with the sketch, or do you think it was just it would be funny to see Scott acting like an Indian woman? I I think if the sketch came out now, it would definitely be them like making fun of transgender people and like suggesting it's the same thing as adopting another race. um, For sure. I don't, you know, maybe it's too generous to assume otherwise, but I do think that to them it is like, not that that, I think it's still offensive to think that, but it's just like a different perspective on what's happening. Yeah. Where they're just like, wouldn't it be interesting or funny to see Scott just like saying he's going to be an Indian woman and then he becomes one and he gets married. I mean, I think at the very least it's they're kind of showing it as being analogous to coming out or something. Right. I mean, they're. Yeah. They're they're, It's not transgender. There has to be some sort of kind of sexual identity part of the game to the to the scene. The way he's interacting with the parents and the way that she faints and all that and. Right. I was going to say, like, in this reaction, 
piece, this this part of the sketch, yeah, that does seem to be analogous to coming out of the closet. But uh, the beginning of the sketch and that montage where he's just you just see Scott acting like a an Indian woman, which is right probably about half the sketch. I don't even know what they're trying to do there, other than just say, "Oh, isn't it funny to see to see Scott do this stuff?" Yeah, the, the but he's not even like doing anything. It looks more like right. he's like out on a day with his friend Lakshmi. Like, yeah. Well, he released like, those cows, which was a pretty, you know, I, I big swing that, at, a, at an Indian uh, joke, person joke, I guess. Um, yeah. And then, uh, you know, I guess he gets hit on by an Indian man. And he has the and third And then he eye. eventually gets married. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, the whole sketch is like a mess. It doesn't, it's like not funny. It's racist. It's yeah. transphobic. <laughs> it's it's weird. another one it's... of these like longer sketches at the end of the show too. Like, they, Yeah, it's always where they dedicate a lot of time and energy to something like this. We're like, really? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> And it feels like, you know, I'm not I'm not defending it at all, but it just does feel like one of those things where, you know, you're in like a 90s alt comedy headspace. You're thinking, yeah, it is funny to just like be an Indian woman. (laughs) Like, I know that's I know. I know. I know. That's a ridiculous thing to say. But I'm just (laughs) saying, like, it's just so out there that I can see from an uneducated you know just not like kind of aware perspective thinking like yeah this would be a funny comedic premise because it's so you know hasn't been done before it's a you know i don't know right brain idea i I, i'm i don't know i i i i do think obviously now it is is it a offensive kind of mess of a sketch um well I, i don't think that it's always useful to look at things from the perspective you have of now but it was also only like 30 years ago, which on the scale of humanity is not very long. It was like, you know, pretty recent. I think like they, I think that they have said in interviews and like stuff we've read, they have an awareness of why the things that they're doing are right. offensive and like also are kind of disinterested in changing. And I also think that like, you know, racism coming out of something that isn't so much maliciousness as it is like, a lack of education or curiosity or sensitivity still has the same effect. Like it still becomes malicious because it's no, like I, this resistance to. I agree with you. I agree doing with better you. or knowing better. But it's also like the sketch is hard to judge. Yeah. Cause of the time difference and not really knowing what they were thinking. And also because it's just kind of confusing in terms of the premise. Like, yeah. Because it goes back and forth between, yeah, treating it like analogous to coming out and treating it like his mom is just like, what the fuck is this? This is ridiculous. So it kind of also isn't that consistent in its own internal world about what's happening. Agreed. Yes. It's just, it's not funny (laughs) or well executed. That's kind of just makes everything else worse. I'll say I'm glad that they didn't, that Scott didn't try to do like an Indian accent. I know. Or color his skin based off of what they've done before. I know. I'm honestly surprised you didn't either. I don't think we should give them credit for that, but I'm more like surprised than anything else because it seems like 100% something they would do. So I'm like curious why they were like, oh, that's too far. We can't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Based on everything else they've done in this fucking show. Like, Like, what what? I don't know. It's. I can hear Scott Thompson doing an Indian accent in my head, so I think he must have done that in some other sketch. At some I guess point, we'll so. see that up ahead. Well, that makes it even more confusing. <laughs> like, did they want to treat it with gravitas? I don't know. Whatever. 
No, it just like his character is actually kind of dignified considering everything else that's happening in the fucking sketch. Right, exactly. And that's why I want to be clear. Like, I'm not defending it. It is 100% offensive and racist, was then and is now. But I'm just trying to get in their heads, you know, of like, why did they think this was funny? (laughs) That's all I'm trying to do. And it's like... That, yeah, that's I mean, all. That's why I say it just must have felt to them at the time like something that is just kind of a fun, bizarre thing to do. Which right. I don't know because they were so weird. They weren't really they making, to do it. They weren't really making fun of Indian culture. No. Well, maybe with the cow thing. I mean, I mean, maybe and maybe. I mean, but it is. Yeah, just treating well, it as did, something. There was also the joke is. where they had something like the cloth, like you're just wearing our cloths around the house or something. Right, like that, right? yeah. Like, yeah. That, that, was that was pretty, pretty bad. The bed sheets thing was fucked up. Yeah. Right. So uh, there was plenty of yeah. bad shit in there. We can't defend this and we're not no, trying we're to. Not to. <laughs> Absolutely not. No. And the <laughs> but moment it is say the last we're not trying to episode, it, So that's what we're going out on. Sounds like we are. Yeah. Well, hey, that is the end of the show and the end of our show. All right. Um, well, usually, we did it. We got there another one. <laughs> usually at this point, I say, uh, I ask the guest if they have any more thoughts about the kids in the hall in general. But uh, we don't have a guest today. I mean, you get do you, do you care what we think? Or does it, do you want to just do you, skip this part? Jared, do you guys have any closing thoughts? Oh, uh, not really. I mean, I, I thought this was uh, I thought this was a good app. I did not like the runner. I did not like the sketch we just covered. But I would say I probably like two-thirds of it, which, you know, considering what I've seen so far is pretty good. I also think the episodes immediately prior to this and then immediately prior to that were probably my two favorites I've seen so far. So I'm, I'm getting the sense that the show is finding its footing and getting better and better, and I'm excited to continue to watch. Yeah, I agree with that. I think, I think this show is getting better. Uh, I've been thinking a lot, just talking about it now, about how we have praised this show for getting away from the UCB game premise, whatever. I think this episode, though, shows, like, the strengths of that Agreed. tactic, though, because a lot of the, the sketches that are stronger, the premise is super clear, and it allows them to actually write jokes to the premise. Um, <laughs> yeah. And in the sketches where, like, what the premise is is muddier, it's just, like, not as funny, and it's confusing, and... uh yeah. Not really working for me. I would say the only one that's kind of more surreal that worked a little bit was the killed by a lamp one. But that was like, yeah, the only one that was sort of more muddy and still worked. So I don't know. It's kind of like making me appreciate having a strong premise and playing the game more than I was previously. Those are my thoughts. Is it just yeah. me or, or has uh, Brick Tamland from Anchorman uh, ruined lamp humor? Or the word lamp as a joke. I feel like I can't hear lamp in a comedy context without thinking like, obviously this was before lamp. Anchorman, but I can't even digest a lamp joke. It's just hard for me now. I guess I don't that hear. That sucks. You can't laugh memory. about lamps anymore. I can't laugh that about lamps. I mean, the original, the OG lamp joke, I can. Um, What's the OG lamp joke? Well, to me, it's the it's what I'm talking about. It's, it's the Anchorman. Oh. I know it came later, but that was the one that had such a cultural impact. You know, I thought that you were going to talk like a sort of like genie in the bottle oh, situation. Oh, like the first lamp joke ever told, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, like a magic lamp. Yeah, I, I guess I don't know. I haven't noticed a lot of other lamp jokes. You know what? I bet the like original lamp joke, the rubbing one, I bet it was like a dick joke. You know, like a Oh, rub, you're right. I never put that together. Probably. Probably. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. But yeah. yeah, wow. Anyway, keep crushing those heads. <laughs> <laughs>